podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan. This week, joined by Nigel Pearson to look back on the action from the last seven days and preview what's coming up and some of the other stories making the news around British Speedway. Midway through August and the playoff picture is certainly starting to hot up. League leaders Wolverhampton's nine-match winning streak ends after a pulsating contest against Peterborough. There's one thing trying to slap a race but to stop the bike in, in front of someone turn back going over the kerb off the throttle when he's just come under yeah I didn't like that meanwhile the Bellevue Aces consolidated their position in the Premiership's top four after beating Kings Lynn 48-42 on Monday yeah never could quite pin him back close enough but we come away with a point tonight which I'm over the moon about um, which we said in the game plan at the start is what we wanted as a minimum so at least we've hit that target tonight we'll have more reaction from those Monday night meetings as well as previewing the upcoming action over the next seven days including a bank holiday a double header for Wolves and Bellevue fans. Meanwhile, in the championship at the top, it's a five-way tie currently. Five teams all on 31 points and there's six playoff places up for grabs. Having a look at that in more detail a bit later on as well. And we'll look ahead to the fixtures coming up over the next seven days. The weather is going to be lovely across the UK, they tell us, over the next week. Let's spend it by watching some Speedway. We'll talk all about that, all to come in No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along then. There's lots to get through this week. Um, Lots to look back on, lots to look forward to and other things to chat about as well. We've got chats on the way with Nick Morris of Wolves, also Rob Lyon of Peterborough, Richie Worrell of Bellevue Aces, and Chris Harris of Peterborough as well, and Alex Brady of the Kingsland Stars, just to name uh, a few of the chats that we've got on the way in this episode. But our special guest this week is somebody that needs no introduction to Speedway fans around the world because, of course, he is... The voice of Speedway um, on uh, all coverage, really, um, British and international, um, as far as uh, the English-speaking world, I think, goes, uh, largely anyway. Um, he is, of course, Nigel Pearson. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. That was a big build-up. How do I follow that? That's amazing. Thank you. Great to have you along, Nigel. Um, of course, we, we, we speak regularly um, about things that are happening in Speedway because you are the, uh, the ultimate brains behind this podcast, really. I feel like I'm sort of unmasking uh, the Wizard of Oz there or something like that. But uh, uh, obviously, we work very closely, but it's great to, to have you on as, a, as the star turn. And um, let's just look at British Speedway, where we're at this season, because when we look back 12 months ago, it was very frustrating. We were wanting to get the season on. We we're hoping things were going to get going, but obviously it was incredible. Increasingly uh, looking like nothing was going to take place, but to get Speedway back in some form uh, was was a great boost. But to get it back now with fairly uh, unrestricted crowds and and pretty much a spot of normality in our lives as far as Speedway goes is is a great achievement. Yeah, it feels really good, doesn't it? I mean, I, I've been so fearful for our sport. Uh, I, I think it was absolutely vital that Speedway got up and running again this year. Um, Swindon decided not to, obviously. There were obviously concerns over the stadium redevelopment, but also um, Terry Russell did state the fact that there were concerns about logistically running Speedway this year. And I can understand why, because some clubs have really, really struggled. You only have to look at the early stages of the season. The restrictions hammered Birmingham, they hammered Kent, they hammered Poole, Bellevue, Wolverhampton. How those clubs pulled through with limited attendance levels. It wasn't just the attendance levels, it was the protocol as well of you can only stand here or 
you can only stand there. You know, it was it was just utterly ridiculous the the protocols that were in place um, for those clubs to pull through. We lost Somerset, of course. Somerset have gone purely and simply because of the um, of the pandemic. There is no question about that, in my view. Um, so we've lost clubs, and and of course, um, Birmingham have expressed uh, difficulties. Eastbourne, we know, are struggling. Um, and Newcastle, it's only recently that they've co- confirmed that they'll carry on. So there have been challenges. Um, but the reason the crowds were so low at Birmingham early on were because of the restrictions. It was just almost unworkable. But um, they've got a meeting tomorrow night now, Wednesday night against Plymouth with Jason Crump. And I just think it was absolutely vital after losing an entire league season, Ian, that British Speedway got back to business this year. And that's exactly what has happened. And of course, you've you've got experience of being a promoter um, in, in the past in, in your involvement with with with, uh, with, with Cradley, of course, uh, in the Heathens when, when they were running. And it, the, the thankless task sometimes of being a promoter, it's a very difficult job to, to do, to, to satisfy everybody all of the time. And it's something that you can't do. But especially with these restrictions that are put on top of you or have been put on top of you as a club, that whilst they've eased now, that, that knock-on effect from earlier in the year, the knock-on effect from not running last year, really you know, sets you, sets you back before you've even um, opened the doors, doesn't it, for, for the season? Absolutely. I mean, thankfully, during my time with Craigley, there were no restrictions. We had 10 years of, of running. The only restriction we had was that we didn't have a track of our own, but thankfully Wolverhampton and Birmingham stepped in and and that was a great time but as a promoter albeit at national league level trying to please everybody all the time is impossible absolutely impossible you know i i still say now that even if you knocked dudleywood housing estate down and rebuilt the old stadium and brought greg and billy back as number one and two some people wouldn't be happy you know that's the nature of speedway that's how it is um so you know it's it's been difficult it's been tough uh, and I, I my respect for promoters with their own money in this sport risking it constantly has gone up immeasurably since the pandemic and you know since coming back this season uh, in almost unworkable conditions just to keep clubs going I think it's a remarkable achievement Ian and explain to us some of the work that goes on behind the scenes to try and keep clubs afloat because obviously we've, we've talked about the clubs that have had some issues and then you'll see um, people saying, well, what are, what, are, what are the authorities doing to, to, to help these clubs out? You know, people need to stand up and help them out now. That is happening, isn't it? But it's, it's kind of a little bit tricky because the, the, the help available isn't necessarily as helpful as you'd, you'd perhaps hope. I'm talking about the help from the government. Uh, you know that help that's on offer to clubs isn't sort of without its uh, without its pitfalls. Yeah, there is that. But the problem is with a lot of the um, a lot of the government money at the time. I think Rob Godfrey might have said it on this podcast very early on. Ian was that um, a lot of it was in the form of loans. And the last time I checked, whenever you borrow money, borrow money, somehow you've got to pay it back. I mean, I was very interested to see that. Rugby League uh, got a £16 million loan very early on last season. Um, I'm interested how that money's being paid back. I'm not au fait with the payment structure or anything like that, but suddenly for Rugby League to find £16 million to pay a loan back, um, well, good luck to them. Um, But British Speedway, to be fair to them, they have refused loan money um, because that has enabled them then to just start with a clean slate rather than having to start on the back foot borrowing money. Um, it's a false economy. Your bank account might look nice with a few grand in it, 
But it's not your money, really, is it? It's got to be paid back. All it can do is help cash flow. I mean, I, I remember at the start of the pandemic, my own business, we took out a, um, a bounce-back loan very, very early on for quite a significant amount of money because I had no idea when I'd be starting to work on live sport again. And when would live sport come back? But when it did start to come back, I ensured that my limited company paid that money back, um, the, the, the vast majority of it, so we didn't have that money round our neck. So, you know, I think that's how Speedway approached it as well. I think Scotland were slightly more fortunate. Glasgow and Edinburgh um, had some money from the Scottish government, which is excellent. Um, so, yeah... All the clubs who pull through this, and we're not we're not at the end of this pandemic yet anyway. So all the clubs who pull through this deserve massive credit and it's as big an achievement as winning a, winning a league title and more, in my opinion. The challenges that this sport has had have been the biggest challenges of the modern era in my lifetime. Yeah, and the pandemic is, you know, whilst things may be improved next year, we hope that'll be the case. You know, this pandemic, I think isn't over until it's over around the world and uh, you know that's going to be something that's going to be with us for a, a fair amount of time yet but let's um let's uh, right now just turn our attention to action on the track from uh, this week starting on monday two premiership fixtures and first of all at peterborough it was uh, peterborough versus wolves and well for some and um, particularly wolves fans a bit of a surprise because uh, wolves have been used to winning or certainly not being beat nine matches unbeaten and then coming unstuck on the 10th attempt on monday night and it just shows that things are not quite done and dusted at the top of that premiership table just yet but really you'd probably probably say that it all boiled down to a really bad and uncharacteristically bad night for Sam Masters I think that was it three points for Sam Masters is unheard of and uh, I know Sam pretty well he's a great guy and he'll absolutely be beating himself up about that but from his point of view we'll be hoping that it's only a blip and if they meet again in the playoffs he can score 10, 11 or 12 and that'll be the difference you know I'm told there was a huge crowd they had to delay the start to get the fans in there were queues at the turnstiles I'm told the grandstand was nearly full um, good crowd all the way around the back straight as well. So that's great to, to report, a good crowd there. Um, and yeah, good win for Peterborough. Rob Lyon's a very astute manager. Um, the club is run very, very well. Um, it's important to have people like Carl Johnson in the background, who is um, a local lad, of course, who uh, is Peterborough through and through. And what a team they've put together. I'll be interested to see now whether they stick or twist in the next few days before the deadline. Will... Peterborough bring a rider in from overseas to cover for Ulrich Ostergaard. I know they used Danny King last night, but Ulrich Ostergaard is a big loss. Of course he is. So, um, you know, I'll be interested to see which direction Peterborough go down from here now, whether they can bring somebody in of a decent stature. You've got to bear in mind now that, that a lot of teams in Poland that aren't involved in the playoffs over there, they've finished. That might free certain riders up to come back to the UK. So I'm intrigued, absolutely intrigued. Yeah, as you say, there'll be a fair few riders knocking around who are not quite as busy as they were. And, and the prospect of getting some meetings in in, in the UK uh, has to be appealing because this, for some teams, you know, there's, there's still a fair fair few fixtures left on the calendar between now and the end of October. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, some clubs have got 10 meetings left, you know, and, and that's not to be sniffed at for, for riders who have uh, missed out in Poland with the playoffs. So maybe there is an opportunity for Peterborough to sign somebody who could be interested to come over here and do six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe 12 matches with the playoffs. So, yeah, there is that option. Um, let's see. I remember in 2016 when 
Ty Wuffenden came back over to ride for Wolverhampton when uh, um, he'd finished early in Poland and um, he decided to come back to Wolverhampton in 2016 and they went on and won the league title. So who knows? Um, there might be one or two twists and turns to come yet. Maybe a surprise or two for Wolverhampton fans that might be thinking, well, we're going to win this league title. Don't tell Peter Adams that because Peter Adams is very, very astute and if he hears talk of we're going to win the league... You know he'll he'll turn his nose up at that and go. Long way to go yet, mate. <laughs> wise words, wise words from a, a man who's played the game before. Let's hear from his opposite number though. Right now, let's hear from Rob Lyon, who's been speaking to BBC Radio Cambridgeshire. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, Bomber started slowly. He's, he, he was struggling. He squat bikes, and uh, you saw what he did in heat thirteen off gate four, which no one had done all night, and. Uh, so it was a no-brainer for me, really, because he has he had the option with Bomber. You know, he's he's always capable of coming from the back, as we know. And Hans was riding well and, and strong off the gates, a little bit better at the second half of the meeting. And yeah, it worked well. It worked really well. And uh, yeah, really tough. But hats off to Wolves. You know, they took part in a great meeting. And uh, if all Speedway was like that, I guess you uh, you wouldn't have any major problems, really, would you? No, but I think with the Panthers this year, it's been by and large that, hasn't it? There's not really been many convincing wins. It's been entertaining in parts, but there's been some tremendous meetings as well. And this is all important to get Speedway back on the map. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely right. And uh, we need more of that, don't we, out there, really? Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, onwards and upwards. Next one, knock it down and keep going. Got to wait till the week on Monday to a trip to... Uh, Ipswich back here for the next home meeting before that a trip down to Ipswich. Yeah, yeah, Ipswich sort of back to back in reality, really, isn't it? It's uh, Thursday away and then uh, back here on the Monday. So, yeah, another seven points up for grabs and we got to grab every single one if we can. But, you know, Ipswich are a good side, I think. It's un- Sometimes you look at their, their squad, their team, and you think looks pretty strong, but... Their results haven't haven't reflected that, to be fair. But um, it's what we do. I always say that we're, we're strong, we're riding well. So uh, let's see what happens. Top spot still on. Absolutely, hundred percent. Top spot indeed is still on. They're in the playoffs. That's Peterborough Panthers boss Rob Lyon. Um, Nigel Pearson is our guest this week. Nigel, uh, when we talk about Peterborough, one or two people did have a little scoff, perhaps a little chuckle, when that team sheet was announced. Um, Dad's Army, it was labelled. But tell you what, with that experience, you knew that they were onto a winner. Phenomenal, they managed to assemble that side really together because you've got three former Grand Prix riders among their lineup and provided that they all stayed fit and with the exception of Ulrich Ostergaard that has been the case through the season you knew that they would have a lot of experience and a lot of wise heads to to see them well so far this season and that's certainly how it's played out Yeah and I think uh, a key element of the Peterborough side as well has been um, Scotty Nichols. I think Scott's done a great job he looks really fit he's riding fast I think he's benefiting from extra races riding for Kent in the Championship uh, and fair play to Scott, he's shown that he's got the appetite. I don't know whether it's because last year with no speedway, um, it probably le- left Scott a lot of thinking time, and he's realised how much he missed it and how much he actually does love riding a motorbike. Uh, so I think that's an element of Peterborough's success, Scott Nichols' form. And obviously also, I know a lot of people have made a point about this, is their strength at reserve. I mean, last night at uh, Peterborough, you got Hans Anderson down at reserve. On Eurosport, when they were at Sheffield, Bomber Harris at reserve for Peterborough, live on TV, won the meeting. You know, quite remarkable, really. So that's the way the team has been constructed, really, 
um, Peterborough. They're, they're always going to have strength in depth, and if the if the top five can just spread six, seven, eight points apiece, you know, here and there uh, around the top five, then they're going to be there or thereabouts. But I do have to say, under current circumstances, I I would have to go for Wolverhampton as my as my pick for the title because I think they're a super side. Well, let's hear from a couple of the riders involved in that fixture at Peterborough then. Uh, we'll hear from Nick Morris of Wolves in a moment. But first of all, Chris Harris, who combined with Hans Anderson in Heat 15 to uh, assure the results in the favour of the Peterborough Panthers. And he's been speaking with Dave Rowe. So it's about that Heat 15 with Hans. Yeah, well, it was hard work. Every time I went wide, Hans went with it. So, um, but no, he was obviously battling with Nick, so, um, which sort of helped me keep my momentum because it was sort of slowing Nick down and well a pair of them was both fighting each other so it sort of helped me a bit and I just you know the game plan was me be out there and hands be there somewhere <laughs> always going to be a tough meeting and you were actually behind after heat 10 uh, and, and then you came to the party big time yeah we changed bikes we tried another one tonight but it, one, the first one it just wasn't suited for here and jumped back on the other one and you know that that one knows the way around here so we stick to that one felt a bit like the old days tonight, Chris. Big crowd inside, top of the table, meeting both sides, really going at it. Really good atmosphere. Good to ride in? Yeah, great. You know, Speedway needs its fans, and it showed tonight um, the support and everything, and this is what we want. So, you know, we can only thank the fans for coming out and to get behind us and say, we knew it was going to be a tough one with, with Wolves, but we're glad that we've come out on top. Nick, I guess a long winning run has to come to an end sometime, a really tough meeting, but perhaps a bit unlucky not to get at least a point from it. Yeah, it was a good meeting, really. Um, all the boys did uh, very good, and um, I think it didn't end the way we would have liked. We would have liked to have at least got something, but there's definitely room for improvement. Sam had two break, break, breakdowns, and I think we've got a, a lot of uh, positives to take from it. Um, next time we come back, I think we're only going to be better again. So That was some Heat 15 battle with, with Hans and Bomber. Just to talk us through that one. Yeah, borderline dangerous, I'd say. Hans, it's one thing to come under under someone but then to t- lock the bike up and off the throttle in front of you while looking around it's a fast track and it's not really a track you want to be doing that and yeah it, I, I, don't, I didn't like it really um, he did what he had to do but it's dangerous so uh, there's one thing trying to slap a race but to stop the bike in, in front of someone turn back going over the kerb off the throttle when he's just come under you yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. From a team point of view, you may have to come back here later in the season because clearly Peterborough will also be in the playoffs. Have you learned stuff from tonight that you can use hopefully later in the season? Yeah, 100%. Um, I've never been that comfortable here this year and um, changed. And we've got another engine off Johnsy and it felt sweet tonight. I'm really happy with it. I had speed then. I just had hands coming under me, cutting back on me. And if I could just get a bit of momentum, I would have been fast. And I felt comfortable all night making good starts and um, the boys are sweet I think um, we're feeling good and we're just going to keep our feet on the ground and uh, look forward to playoffs thanks Nick move on thank you Fair to say Nick Morris not overly chuffed with Hans Anderson after that Heat 15 at Peterborough Monday night but uh, making the point there Nigel that he felt that Wolves actually deserved a point perhaps out of that but um, wasn't to be but uh, Sam Masters of course with the the unusual form that night um, really also uh, of course as we mentioned already the difference but not something you'd expect to happen on too regular a basis really. Yeah he's had a fantastic season Sam and I'm delighted for him. Um, during lockdown last year he stayed over here with his family, didn't go back to Australia, had, a, had any, a, a Christmas in England as well albeit not a normal Christmas of course 
nobody had a normal Christmas, did they? But, you know, um, I'm delighted that Sam is reaping the rewards. I know he's done some meetings, I think, in Denmark as well. So hopefully his um, patience of staying here has been rewarded by having a, a really good season. And uh, I like the look of the Edinburgh team as well. They've got Josh Pickering in their side who has been riding really well for Sheffield in the Premiership as well. Um, I do like the, the Edinburgh side. Um, in fact, the two Scottish sides look really good. Um, so I think uh, Sam Masters has had a great season. Uh, I'm sure last night was a blip, nothing more than that. Um, and I'm pretty confident that he'll bounce back fairly quickly. I'm going to see him actually on um, on Monday, Bank Holiday Monday. I'm, um, we're with Eurosport on Monday night for the uh, Bank Holiday meeting at Wolverhampton against uh, Bellevue, but also during the daytime, uh, midday, I'm taking my young lad to Manchester to see Bellevue versus Wolves at the midday start. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. A bit of speedway on the lunchtime and then hopefully the M6 will behave going back down to Wolverhampton for the TV meeting on uh, on Monday night. You can't beat a good old um, bank holiday doubleheader, can you? They're uh, they're a great thing in speedway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it take, takes me back to, to the Dudley Wood trophy days, Dudley Wolves trophy days when... Craigley versus Wolves at 11am at Dudley Woods and then off for a pizza at the local shopping centre or something in the afternoon and then uh, Mum McGreen in the evening for Wolves versus Craigley. You know, I mean, they were even bigger than knockout couple or league matches. You know, it was uh, there was bodies on the line there, let me tell you. Bodies <laughs> on the line. <laughs> Good stuff, right? Well, we'll come to those fixtures very soon. But um, speaking of Bellevue, they consolidated their position in the Premiership's top four. It was 48-42 in a win over bottom side Kings Lynn Monday night. And um, a good night for the two uh, the, the two main men at Bellevue, really. Dan Bewley and Brady Kurtz leading the scoring for the Aces. Uh, Jai Etheridge making a successful return to the side as well. He got nine plus one and uh, was unbeaten in his first three rides. And it certainly seems that Bellevue are uh, starting to get their act together now. And I know one or two of the other riders, such as Charles Wright, having success on the, the National Speedway Stadium where they've had a tricky season so far. But of course, he did well in the in the British final. And some of the, the guys there seem to be finally finding the uh, the right setups for uh, for their home track. Well, I think if Brady Kurtz comes strong, which he did last night, then yes, Bellevue will be strong. Um Kingsland don't surprise me at all, running Bellevue close, because I think this is a different Kingsland team. And I don't just mean with a new team manager, not so new now, of course, in Alex Brady, but um, I think the fact that um, they've brought in Ben Barker and they've brought in Casper Anderson, they've replaced a couple of riders that weren't in form. And, and I think that has been the missing link. And I certainly do believe that if this Kingsland team started the season with Craig Cook as well, then they would have been playoff material, Ian. Um, so it's come a little bit too late, but I know that Kings are in a building for next year. I know they've got plans in place. I know they're already talking about team plans for next year. So the fact that they ran Bellevue close around the National Speedway Stadium doesn't surprise me one bit. So um, it sounds like it was a cracking match there last night. I couldn't go, unfortunately. I was planning to make the trip to Manchester last night, but um, something cropped up and uh, far more important, I had to go and watch my... Uh, my oldest boy played cricket, unfortunately. But uh, uh, so that that cost me a trip to Manchester last night, fatherly duties. Um, but yeah, good good meeting. And yeah, I think Bellevue. I mean, they're all but there now in the playoffs. And um, 
Yeah, they'll they'll be they'll be competitive. Bellevue's problem, Ian, is that everybody else likes riding there. That's the difficulty. They haven't got a real strong home advantage, have they? Well, on that point about Kings Lynn, and as you say, they did start off the season with with an exciting lineup, and it just didn't deliver for whatever reason. And um, one of that lineup. Eric Riss has perhaps pointed the finger at himself as to one of the reasons that perhaps uh, Kings Lynn have underachieved in this interview with Robin Allen. What are your, your thoughts on the campaign this season when Lenny? It's been a tough one. Uh, I mean, we've lost most of the matches. We haven't really been successful this year. Um, that's just what it is, you know. Um, I, I don't think we have a bad team. We just haven't been able to click all at once. Um, only two times. I mean, we had a strong win at Ipswich where we all clicked um, and then we had a win at home where we didn't all click but it was just enough. Um, I was struggling this year. Um, I think that was probably a big part why we weren't successful because the club was relying on me, the team was relying on me as a heat leader and I didn't perform like I should so yeah that was a, um, definitely a, a reason why we weren't so successful. And is it difficult when you, you switch to, to number one and, and particularly at, at Peterborough was a very much an unforgiving track at some times? Not really, it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, you still face the same riders at the end of the day. Um, there was no difference. I mean, Speedway is all about bike setup and, you know, I went to Peterborough, I didn't have the bike setup, didn't have the right engine. We had new tyres this year, which took me a long time to figure out as well. You know, there was just a few things that didn't, wasn't working out at the start of the year, but I think I'm slowly getting the hang of it again, getting back to normal. And people have said to me, particularly in the last few months, they're finding that there's a lot of changes with the engines this year, particularly if the, the tracks have changed and becoming a lot more slicker than usual. And they're finding that they're having to use completely different setups. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, not so much engines, I think it's just the tyres really. Um, I haven't struggled on slick tracks. Um, I'll actually look forward when I know I'm going to slick track like today. Um, I've more struggled on grippy tracks like Kings Lynn, Peterborough, um, with the tyres. Um, wouldn't blame it on the engines though. I, at first I thought, oh, I need different engines and I invested in some, some new equipment. Um, Eventually, I figured out it was just the tyres that I was struggling with. But as I said, yeah, I think I'm slowly getting the hang of it. That's uh, Kings Lynn and Birmingham star Eric Riss chatting there with uh, with Robin Allen, explaining some of the situations he's faced through the course of this season and you know, taking some of the blame for the um, Kings Lynn performances um, so far as well, which has led to them being where they are. Uh, let's just speak about Bellevue again for a moment. Um, Bellevue, not with a full complement of riders at the minute because Richie Worrell finds himself on the sidelines after uh, a crash a few weeks ago where he suffered a hand injury. Let's get an update on that now and what we'll be seeing him before the end of the season. He's been speaking with Phil Lanning. Richie Worrell, what's the diagnosis? Do we know a time limit on or a time verdict on how long you'll be out? I think when it's ready. Um, I know that's not the answer. <laughs> but the... Originally, we thought it was two fingers, the fourth and the fifth. Uh -huh. Metacarpals, but it's nice to need the one, uh -huh. which is the fourth. Um, movement's good, grip's uh -huh. good. It's had a little bit of pain in it. It's still a little bit swollen, that is the problem. So, we're going to work on this swelling and then try and come back on Monday. We'll see. Right, so you're putting that. Is, is it sort of trial and error? Do you just have to come back, or do you, will you, do you know yourself and yourself when it's fit enough? I'll know when it's right, yeah. 
no disrespect to specialists and whatever else, but they're not my hand, are they? You know, and mm -hmm. I, I kind of, I'll know if it's right or not. I'm, I'm not in a rush to come back as such, and I don't need to come back. I'm not like, mm -hmm financial reasons to come back sometimes you do see and, bo and both your sides are in the playoffs yeah so you've got to just make sure you're right for them yeah, yeah. I'd rather do that than come back now too early but come back when it's right let's be honest another week and I think I'm nearly there let's get the swelling down I think we're nearly there yeah is there an element of relief as well that it wasn't anything worse because it was the first prognosis could have been worse could have been a lot worse if you watched the video yeah I went in head first Head took a big bang and back was sore, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's healed fast. Okay, and um, obviously it's a big end to the season for you. You've had a really good season with both clubs, and you must feel with both getting into playoffs, you've got a there's a good chance of well, yeah, a medal at the end of it. it. I definitely don't want to miss it. I mean, I did that um, not well, the last season, mm. was in 2019, yeah, Leicester, Leicester won and won pretty much everything, and I missed it. I just watched it, mm -hmm. done all the work. Done all the way through the season to get them there. And then, is that hard to see yeah, that happen? To yeah, watch that not, unfold? It's not nice, yeah, because then some guest comes in and he stood there in the pictures. Yeah. That was your brother at uh, Glasgow. Was, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it is hard to watch, though, yeah, because you always, there's nothing better. I mean, that, if you were to ask me what the highlight of the Speedway career was, it was winning the league with Poole mm -hmm. mm -hmm. when we went down to King's Lane and won it. So, Trying to match that again would be, yeah, would be awesome, but when you sat there and you've not rolled, it's not the same. So there's an element. You feel like yeah. a bit of a glorium, you know, because you're there and you're not in the Kevlar's and you've not rolled, you, you're just there to touch the trophy, really. You know, you've done all the work through the year. So is there an element of maybe this is my time, I need to make the most of this this time? Uh, yeah, yeah, you could say that, but I'm not going to rush. If it's not right, it's not right. I mean, um, but I mean, I think for the playoffs as well, that oh, you want to just yeah, make sure you're right. Yeah, definitely got to be right for them, yeah. Okay, so and, uh, if it means a couple of weeks longer now, to make sure I'm right for them, then, yeah. But, and, and hopefully make up for 2019. Yeah, definitely. That'd be nice. Good to see you fit well. Thanks, Richard. Cheers. Richie Warrell looking forward to uh, taking part in the playoffs, all being well and uh, having a, a bona fide part in a, in a championship campaign. That's his hope. What about Kings Lynn, though? Uh, their season very much uh, over as far as uh, silverware is concerned, but there's still other things to race for internally in the team, I think, looking ahead to next year. Let's hear from the Kings Lynn team manager, Alex Brady. He's also speaking with Phil Lanning. Alex, very tough night. It's always tough coming here. They're going to make the playoffs, and it was also a tall lot of it. Got close during the meeting, but not quite close enough. Yeah, never could quite pin them back close enough, but we've come away with a point tonight, which I'm over the moon about, um, which we said in the game plan at the start is what we wanted as a minimum, so at least we've hit that target tonight. A couple of boys struggled to set up a little bit, mm -hmm. but I think by the end of the night, they've got it right, we're back here in three weeks, so hopefully, I can, uh, well, hopefully the track will be similar, can keep that going for there as well. The main thing is Bellevue had to work really hard tonight from the back as well at times and the main thing is to make them work hard for everything they've got and you managed to do that so you must be encouraged by that performance. Definitely, yeah. We kept them honest all the way through. The boys gave everything they could and yeah, I mean, there's no, no one was tailing off. We were in the mix every single race and again, it's one of those you know, classic phrases of mine that season but on another night we could have come over a little bit more but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, really proud of what they've done tonight. So. Okay. And also the fact that the difference probably was the reserve Jayet which came back for Bellevue tonight and had a stonking night yeah. and held them early on. Yeah. So, but your guys all sort of chipped in. It was a very solid performance. Yeah, one to seven again I mean, Thomas struggled a little bit with the south tonight, um, unfortunately, but, you know, 1-7 again, we were solid throughout. It's just about finding those 
unlocking those big hitters to get some big, big points. You know, supporting Richard alongside that. Louis was Louis very, very good tonight. But yeah, overall, everyone everyone chipped in and did their bit. And you've obviously got Wolverhampton on Thursday. On Thursday. Um, tough night. Wolves, uh, as we know, made life very hard earlier in the season. And, uh, yeah. you know, but you've got to salvage some pride. I think so, yeah. I think Thursday night, you know, it's a very different team from when we raced them last time. A very different atmosphere, as you can probably see. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to Thursday. I think this, you know, again, the target is always to try and win. That's exactly what we're trying to do. So yeah, looking forward to it. Is there a, is there a certain justification saying with nothing to lose now that you can relax a little bit, maybe? Yeah, I think I think there's probably an element of that. You know, obviously we know we're not going to make the playoffs. We know we're, you know, realistically, you know, fifth is still looking like a big, big challenge. But yeah, the pressure's off and the boys are enjoying their ra- racing. But equally, the pressure's on the other way where they're, they're, they're racing team places next year. So, you know, there's always that element to, to consider too. Good stuff. Well, listen, thanks for your time and well done. So there's Alex Brady speaking with Phil Lanning um, after his Kingsland Stars suffered a narrow defeat against the Bellevue Aces at the National Speedway Stadium. For Bellevue, you'd think that pretty much confirms them in the playoff picture now, Nigel. Yeah, they'll be in the playoffs. And, you know, with Peterborough, Wolverhampton and Bellevue, um, I fancy that it could be, um, could probably be Sheffield. But that's a big meeting on Thursday night at Ollerton now. Sheffield against Ipswich. Big meeting, so... Yeah, I think there is, um, there's a lot to look forward to in the next six weeks or so, Ian. The way it looks at the moment, I think you can say the, the, the top three pretty much are confirmed. In fact, two of them are confirmed and, and Bellevue almost are. Um, Sheffield and Ipswich is the battle and the two face each other this Thursday. Sheffield have four matches in hand over Ipswich. And so if Ipswich want to get into the playoffs, they need to win and only win for the rest of the season, really, you'd say. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean... <laughs> Every time Sheffield lose at home, there's a glimmer of light for Ipswich. But then Ipswich lost at home last Thursday night, didn't they? So, you know, there's a glimmer of light. And, and uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, it, Thursday night is a big one. If Sheffield get the three points, and even if Ipswich man, manage one point, I think that will all but finish Ipswich's hopes and probably put Sheffield there. And then it's all about who's going to be where. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's a, it's a big meeting. Um, there's been some unpredictable results, but I think certainly in the Premiership this season, uh, there's been some really close score lines. Look at last night, for example, two cracking matches. Great to see. And, um, you know, really looking forward to, to the rest of the season and the Championship as well. You know, well, there's about, as we record this podcast, there's about five teams on 31 mm-hmm. points. There are the, the five, five teams on 31 and six qualify for the playoffs in the Championship. So, you know, some big meetings to look forward to there. Plymouth-Birmingham tonight. Um, Kent have got a good side now with Troy Batchelor doubling up and uh, riding alongside Scott Nichols. So there's a, there's a lot of good meetings to look forward to between now and the end of October. And a lot of that is going to be on the TV as well. More about that to come. The fixtures in the Premiership over the next week then on Thursday. Kings Lynn versus Wolverhampton and Sheffield versus Ipswich, both getting underway at 7.30. And then on Bank Holiday Monday, it's uh, Bellevue Wolves home and away. Bellevue Wolverhampton National Speedway Stadium at 12 noon and the return at 8pm Wolves Bellevue and that will be on Eurosport. And that million dollar question, when is Speedway going to be on the telly, Nigel? <laughs> well, wonder no more because we're going to reveal all of the dates that Speedway will be on the TV. Of course, we don't know the fix yet because it all depends on how things pan out but we can certainly give you the dates for your diary and that's on the way on no breaks no fear no breaks no fear 
the official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan, and my guest this week is Nigel Pearson, the voice of British Speedway on the TV and around the world on the coverage as well. And one of the questions that Nigel regularly gets asked, and the thing that uh, often happens, is uh, people say... Why, when is Speedway next on the TV? And it's a very busy period now because we're getting into the exciting part of the season, the playoffs around the corner, and across September and October, there's a lot of Speedway heading your way on the telly box. And right now, to put you out of your misery and answer all of those questions on social media as to when the next fixture is going to be, here is the definitive list once and for all, and may we never see another post saying, when's the Speedway next on the telly, please? Um, Nigel, over to you. TV dates are as follows. Bank holiday Monday the 30th of August will be Bellevue, Wolverhampton. The following Monday is the 6th of September. We're going to have now four straight Monday night broadcasts. 30th of August, 6th of September, 13th and 20th of September. That's four straight Monday night league broadcasts of league matches. Then on the 27th of September, playoff semi-final one first leg Thursday the 30th playoff semi-final two first leg 4th and 7th of October the remaining two semi-finals these are Mondays and Thursdays Ian and then the, the dates for the final of the Premiership are Monday the 11th of October and Thursday the 14th of October so we've still got 10 live outside broadcasts of British Speedway to come between now and the 14th of October so 10 Ten outside broadcast shows for British Speedway in the next six weeks. And as we get to the end of September then, end of September and the first couple of weeks of October, it's twice a week. Yes, uh, from the 27th of September, we will have six shows on Eurosport in three weeks. Six shows in three weeks, so it's two shows a week. We're really catching up now, aren't we? There you go. We always said it's look. It's all. It doesn't matter how you divide it up. This this is the amount of fixtures you're going to get, and uh, it's all coming. Yeah, we've missed it though. We've missed it during the break. So I, you know, yeah. I was frustrated last night. I was frustrated last night that we weren't actually at a meeting. Mm. Um, so you know, I, I um, yeah, that 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 was disappointing. But look, TV schedules are what they are. It's not just Eurosport. It's it's any other TV company I've worked for. You know, you have to stick to the schedule. Um, that's how it is. But. For any Speedway fans, and they do say this, I know, because I get it on my own personal Twitter, you know, why aren't Eurosport doing as much as BT used to? Well, by the um, by, the middle of October, they will have done as many as the previous deal with BT. And, you know, it's good to have more coverage, I suppose, at the end of the season. You know, there's, there's more riding on it, a lot more excitement, um, you know, and I suppose you could argue that, that if you're going to have more coverage at any point in the season, surely it's best to have it at the end when, when you've got coverage of the semi-finals and the finals rather than having coverage at the start of the season uh, more regularly when, uh, you know, when there's, there's maybe perhaps less uh, riding on, on the final outcome. Yeah, I mean, the finals themselves are always great, aren't they? I mean, uh, and I'm also pleased that we're not doing a, um, two meetings in one night. I thought they dragged on. I mean, we saw some great speedway, but how many times have you actually actually been in a stadium or indeed watching from home? It's not so bad when you're watching from home, but how many times have you been in a stadium and you're watching your meeting and then you've got another 10-minute gap or five-minute gap before the next race because you've, you've got to watch the other meeting on a big screen that you can't really see very well? So now at least we're doing these meetings as um, one-off meetings, Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday. Um, and it's a better experience for the paying public actually in the stadium as well. So, yeah, um, I'm pleased about that. I think that's an aspect of the scheduling that is spot on. 
And uh, yeah, really looking forward to it, Ian. Let's have a look at um, some of the championship fixtures coming up over the next week. There's a few big ones, um, and especially when we're talking about how close things are in the in the championship. But as you're mentioning, a, a number of teams on 31 points, and Pool Pirates, whilst they've always had these matches in hand, have come thundering through that league table, and um, right now are currently at the top, just and they race against Edinburgh on Friday night. That is uh, a big one at the top, isn't it? Yeah, I like the pool side, and um, it would be Matt Ford and, and his son Danny, wouldn't it, and Neil Middleditch, if they were to go and win the championship in their first season in that league. It would be so typical of pool. They're uh, they're a terrific side. I like them a lot. Um, they've been very shrewd the way that they've um, put their side together, and I like the fact that they've been able to attract a new rider over from Denmark in Benjamin Basso, because there is a rider shortage. I've written about this in a program column. There is no doubt that there is a rider shortage in, speed, in British Speedway. And um, it'd be nice if, to think that, you know, we can have a couple of new Danes, maybe a couple of new Swedes, as long as it's not at the expense of British youngsters, of course. Uh, so, yeah, it's good to see. I like the way Paul is shaping up. Um, and, yeah, there, there's some big meetings ahead for the Pirates. And uh, another big meeting at the top of the championship on the same night is Redcar versus Scunthorpe. Um both teams have been there or thereabouts all season long, and uh, they look like they're um, certs for the for the playoffs. You you would think, but um, you never know what's going to happen on a night at the Media Prima Arena, as they say. Yeah, well, you know, Redcar have done particularly well um, without Jordan Stewart, um, and I think um, I think the Bears have done really well to keep the season going and ticking over. I think they're very professional in what they do. I like the way the club is promoted. Um, and it's a good racetrack, a really good racetrack at the Media Prima Arena, or as I used to call it, the South Tees Motorsport Park. And um, <laughs> yeah, I like it there. Um, so yeah, and Scunthorpe, they've been really good at home, haven't they? Um, when you've got a rider like Simon Lambert piling up points, and you know, Rob Godfrey said to me pre season, you know what? I've got a team on track that I can afford. I pay my riders, uh, I try and win my home matches, but. Any type of season would be a success this year after losing the entire 2020 season. So I think Rob's probably pleasantly surprised that his team's doing so well. They're competitive, hard to beat at home, and full credit to Scunthorpe. Well, let's hear from one of the red car riders right now because um, he's one of the riders who got off to a great start to the season, but lately his form has, has taken a dip and I know he's been on social media apologising to, to some of the supporters and thanking the, the red car bears management for, for sticking with him. Jordan Jenkins has been speaking with Robin Allen about his uh, technical nightmares. Yeah, I've, uh, I've had a bit of a tough time and I don't know really what to put it down to. Um, sort of blaming myself a bit and after having a few conversations with some different people um, they've told me it's not me they can see how hard I'm riding and see how hard I'm, I'm trying and changing things on the bike and nothing just seems to be working so um, the only thing that's changed is uh, engine tuner sort of thing um, I don't want to point any fingers or blame any people you know uh, it's just something that's just not worked out for me um, so I'm just going back to what I'm used to and to who I know and um, yeah, the, the motor come out last night and, and straight back in and hopefully we can have it stripped and rebuilt and sort of put back to what I'm used to. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we can uh, get back to scoring some points or at least uh, being up there um, mixing with the top riders again and 
Yeah, uh, can't can't let my head drop too much, but um, we'll get there. Now, it's a bit of a difficult one because in the National League for, for Mildenhall, you've been going really well, particularly at, at West Rose. Uh, do you feel a bit sort of confused almost because you've shown that you, you can do it, it's just frustrating at times when it hasn't gone your way. Definitely, and I know I can do it, and that is what is frustrating. Um, going from having an 18-point maximum here on a Sunday um, and then having the last four meetings for Redcar, um, absolutely no way, you know, missing every single start. But I've been watching the videos, and I can see how sharp I am away from the tapes. It's just the, the, the engine's just not pulling me to the first corner sort of thing. And people will say, well, you need to try different things, you need to change the setup. And it, believe you me, if you was in the pits with me last Friday at Redcar, you name it, I tried it. Um, even went out after the meet and, and tried something that I've never even tried before and no, still still didn't get anywhere. So, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, but hopefully we can put it behind me now. And as you say, I've, I've been winning races for fun around Mildenhall and that's the frustrating bit. But when I've got to look, at, look back at it, you know, um, the only thing that has changed between then and now is, is the engine. So um, hopefully we can... Go, go ahead on Friday with a clear frame of mind and two meetings uh, at Redcar Friday, Sunday and hopefully we can have two good ones as well And you've got the full support of, of both your clubs and particularly at Milnor that you've had great support from, from the fans even here today you're not riding but you're still getting support so is that still the good thing that everyone's giving you some help here along the way even though you feel like you're going nowhere at times. Yeah, I don't think I've I've had a bad meeting for Mildenhall this season, so um, fans love me here, I guess. And especially, I've just uh, got my new average, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get back here and put that number one race jacket back on. And yeah, you know, I'm loving my time here. Um, some may say that the league's weaker, and that's why I'm doing well. But you can only race what you're up against at a time, I guess. And uh, I'm feeling good and it's, it's helping me out for Redcar, you know. Um, the, only, the only thing is obviously the engine, which I've just mentioned. So I can't, I can't, uh, can't moan about the support that I've had. And obviously we put a post out on the socials today and uh, just explaining why maybe I'm, I'm struggling a bit. And uh, the reception from that has been great. And a lot of people are still behind me and they can see the effort I'm putting in, which is, uh, which is good for me. And of course, two fixtures for the Red Car Bears this weekend. They're racing on Sunday as well as Friday. So um, Berwick on the Sunday. And then Friday, as we mentioned, against Scunthorpe Scorpions, who uh, will also be bringing, hopefully, if he's fit, the um, current British champion, Adam Ellis, to uh, Teesside. Yeah, you know, I, I was surprised when uh, when Rob signed Adam Ellis. Um, obviously, it came at a cost with releasing Josh Orty, and I sincerely hope that we'll see Josh back on a speedway bike next season because he's a, he's too talented not to be riding speedway. But Adam Ellis, brilliant win in the British final. I was delighted for him. He's a good lad. Um, always pleasant to chat to. But what a good rider. I mean, I know I, I had a little go on, on TV saying, oh, he's jumped at the start. How can the referee let that go? Adam's always been a little bit um, uh, touchy at the start. Always uh, had a little nibble. But he's, he's improved on that and he's improved as a rider as well. I mean, I think he's just been... Terrific this season. And when he gets out in front, he's been amazing. And I think his move to Sheffield has helped him as well. It's a shame that Swindon didn't continue this year because 
you know, you speak to Adam, Troy Batchelor, Jason Doyle, that track at the Abbey, which, let's remember, is still there waiting to have bikes on it, um, albeit the old stadium is still there and it hasn't been redeveloped yet for whatever reason. But the track there, which Troy Batchelor now says is one of the best tracks in Britain, you know, that, that that's still there waiting to go. And Adam and Batch and Doyley used to love it there. But the move to Sheffield for Adam Ellis, I think, has done him good. It's, it's been a new challenge and uh, I think he's enjoyed it. It has been a fantastic year for him and, and he comes across really well also when we had him on the podcast a, a few weeks ago. And if you've not heard that episode with Adam Ellis, please do go back and listen to it because, yes, we're talking about fixtures from that week, but you get a great idea of the backstory of, of, of the amount of work that goes in and the travel, the organisation that's involved. And similar with, with a few of our other guests we've had as well, Tom Brennan, Sam Masters, we've spoken to them across the course of this season as well, and a great insight into in each of those episodes about the work that goes in to be a, a top class speedway rider in the modern era. Well, yeah, and and I enjoyed I've enjoyed listening to all of them. I mean, Sam Masters speaks very well, good personality. Tom Brennan, a young man who really impresses me on and off the track. Um, I think he came came across brilliantly, and Adam as well on the podcast. Yeah, it's it's great to have these guys to listen to. Uh, and they're, they're, you know, they're enjoying good careers now. I mean, look, let's not pretend, just because this is a British Speedway podcast, let's not pretend the sport isn't without its challenges and its problems right now. But we're not the only sport that's got challenges and problems. There are others. But uh, we're not hiding away from that. But looking at the positives, the way the, these guys come across is brilliant. And um, somebody like Adam Ellis, Tom Brennan and Sam Masters, they're all enjoying really good seasons. And uh, I'm personally delighted for them. As Nigel Pearson, this is No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. We're going to have a look ahead to the fixtures that are coming up over the next seven days. The weather is set to be fantastic over the coming week or so, so great opportunity to get out and see some Speedway. We're also going to talk about the potential for some new tracks to be joining British Speedway next year. Fingers crossed. We'll talk more about that with Nigel in a few moments here on No Breaks, No Fear. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. By the way, if you like your sporting podcasts and you're looking for some new ones, we are part of the Sport Social Podcast Network, which is the UK's first and only network dedicated purely to podcasts. Head to sport-social.co.uk to find your next favourite podcast. If there's a sport on earth and it's got a podcast, you'll be able to find it on there, including more Speedway podcasts. In fact, Speedway podcast hosted by me, uh, which actually... Also features our guest Nigel Pearson, Humans of Speedway, which looks back on the the life stories, really, of some significant individuals from the world of Speedway. Nigel Pearson is episode number two, so find out more about Nigel if you see fit. Uh, please head over to uh, find Humans of Speedway to learn more and some more new episodes of Humans of Speedway on the way over the next uh, month, six weeks or so to take us through the closed season of Speedway is the plan. Um, right now, I'm going to talk about Speedway in general, though, and as we reminisce on on days gone by. Nigel, do we see the possibility of any new tracks coming back into British Speedway? Because we see various talk, uh, we see some actions actually happening at a couple of places as well. Could we be looking at some tracks coming back into the sport? Well, it's, it's, it's ironic that you've asked me that question really, Ian, because I've written about this in a, in a programme column 
when it's going to appear um, over the next few days. Um, obviously, we're seeing encouraging pictures from from Oxford mm. about them clearing the site of the weeds and damage and all the rest of it. And you know, I am hearing positive vibes about the return of uh, of Oxford next season at Cowley, and that would be brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And we do need it. Also, looking at it, there are perfectly good speedway tracks at Swindon, at Buxton, at the Isle of Wight. Forget all the politics with the Isle of Wight for this moment in time. The bottom line is that the Isle of Wight, Buxton, Swindon, they are perfectly good speedway tracks. And I, I would love to see, I'd love to see the Isle of Wight and Buxton back in the National League next season. The National League is going to, to, to be more of a development league than, than it has been. And they've taken the first steps of that this year. And I personally would love to see tracks like that back in the National League um, to expand British Speedway, to, to bring tracks back. And I'm hearing whispers as well up, up in Workington, not Derwent Park, but, um, you know, there is a track there, the Northside Training Facility. My information is that it'd be limited spectator facilities, but there is the potential to put a little venue there that could maybe have championship or or National League racing. So, yeah, that would be um, we, we, that would be a real boost because we, we've lost tracks down the last few years, haven't we? Um, Coventry, Lakeside, Rye House. You know, we've lost these tracks and it's been um, Workington indeed. Uh, you know, Workington win the league title and then go bust. Uh, Somerset as well with Debbie and, and, and the, the, the Hancock family, Bill and Francis. I, I went past there about three weeks ago. My family and my, myself were travelling down the M5 to Devon and, do you know, I looked across at the side of the oak tree and my heart bled because it's it's an absolutely fant- it was a fantastic racetrack. The clubhouse was brilliant um, and it was just a lovely, friendly venue. We've, we've lost it forever because of the pandemic. You know, Debbie's business went to nowhere, really. She couldn't have any wedding receptions there, no conferences, um, no meetings. You know, the, the oak tree just wasn't allowed to open. Um, wedding reception is very popular so it all went from that to zero and the speedway needed that to prop it up so the pandemic has killed Somerset Speedway so these are the challenges I'm talking about so it would be lovely if we could see some other venues opening up and of course Coventry they're still fighting there I mean some of the nonsense I've read from the developers about the case for putting housing at Brandon I mean there are so many um, inaccuracies in the case that the developers have put forward Um, there's nothing that I'm saying here that is that is libelous or slanderous because the bottom line is here, Brandon Estates case that they've put forward in the planning application, there are so many inaccuracies that it's embarrassing. Mm. And um, of course, the, the the big one for, for, for me personally, I know that, that, that for you, you'd love to see it as well, will be uh, that, that lovely new track that's at Oddsall as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you. Um, I mean, I follow... Bradford Bulls on Twitter, the Rugby League team. As you know, I'm a big Rugby League fan anyway. Um, I've been following Star Tracks, the stock car people on Twitter, and the pictures that they post on Twitter. You know, it just gives you that bug back, doesn't it? And Because I told Kelvin about this. Mm. And Kelvin's a former Bradford rider, of course. I said, there's a track at Bradford again now. Because last time he went to Odsall was with myself about four or five years ago when we were on our way to Halifax Golf Club to do one of our tour nights. Mm. And we dropped in at Odsall. And it was crumbling and it was decaying. And and now they've given it a lick of paint. You know, they've put a stock car track in there. And, and I'd love to see the bikes around there. Obviously, I would. And I think it would automatically bring back 
you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred people back to the sport from West Yorkshire that don't go to Sheffield, don't go to Bellevue, but they do. They would come back to Bradford, um, and I think it'd be wonderful. Um, obviously, the air fence would have an implication on the width of the track, um, but no, it's a great venue, and, and there's so many people I know, like yourself, uh, Ryan Sparks, who's the chief chief executive of Bradford City Football Club. He's a massive Bradford Duke Speedway fan. Um, there's also a guy called um, David Threlfall Sykes, who's the head of media and communications at Huddersfield Town. Mm. And every time I do a football match there, all he talks about is the old Odsall days with his dad. <laughs> um, Andy Giddings, who's a sports editor at BBC Radio Sheffield, yeah. he went to Odsall. Um, you know, all these guys, and, and there would be an appetite for it. And can you imagine? Can you imagine? You know, I don't know, a, um, a World Cup event there, a Speedway of Nations event there, or a, um, even a British Grand Prix there. But, um, you know, having said that, I'm pleased that the Speedway of Nations are going to Bellevue this year because, you know, that track surpasses anything in the UK. So, yeah, um, Odsall would be great. If you're asking me, I don't have any information. I don't see any sign of any promoters wanting to go in there to run League Speedway, sadly. Hmm. Um, unless you unless you know something I don't Ian I don't I don't I've just been reading the you know between the lines with the um, the things that the Star Trek's um, stock car people have been saying and, and there was a big poster a month or two about Speedway wasn't there to, to address the the regular daily questions I think that uh, they've been getting about Speedway and it's like well look very much it's in our plans and not this year but maybe next year and they were they were looking to invest in a in an air fence of their own um, with a view yeah. to maybe running uh, one-off events um, yes. initially and, and maybe try and get whatever that is. I don't know what that what that would be, whether that's an international one or one of the um, other big um, fixtures of, of, the, of the year. But um, I, it, it does seem that there is interest in at least doing a bit of Speedway. And I think just to see a meeting at Oddsall again would be fantastic. Just, you know, even if it was a one-off. Yeah, and I'd be there. I'd be, I'd be at the front of the queue buying a ticket. If I wasn't involved, no problem at all. And um, mm. I had some great times at Odsall. So, yeah, if it happens, it happens. Brilliant. Great. But um, uh, on the subject of tracks coming back, bring it on, I say, because we can't keep losing tracks. We can't. It's um, it's a worry for the sport. And these are the problems that I'm talking about. Um, I know the background to the problems at the clubs that have had issues this year. Um, and I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to comment any further. Um, but, but you know, everybody talks about what Speedway needs. You know, my Twitter feed, I get it personally. We should do this, we should do that, unless this changes. The, 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 the old classic is, something has to change. Well, what? What would you do? <laughs> what would you do now to reinvent Speedway to bring thousands of people back through turnstiles? There you go. You tell us. <laughs> What you can do to reinvent Speedway to bring thousands of people back through turnstiles? I don't think anybody's got a simple answer to that with any degree of confidence. Uh, well, there certainly isn't an answer that doesn't cost a considerable amount of money. I don't think, and uh, you know, it, 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 and and for the people, uh, the thing I regularly see is, well, we just need one big league, but that. That isn't, you know, you've no. got to, you've got to bear in mind that the riders and 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 stop doubling up. That riders need to ride for more than one team to to pay for their existence in 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 life. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And and they need the extra 
meetings, keep that match sharpness. We've seen that with riders like Troy Batchelor saying, you know, uh, he wasn't riding enough to get in the groove and and all this kind of stuff. And uh, but at the well, same time, you got you've got to balance out the you know the doubling up. You don't want doubling up to be to be dominated by top riders, I suppose. And and really, it should be reserved uh, quite a lot for the maybe the younger ones who who don't have that opportunity to earn the the big money in Poland or in a GP. Well, there, there 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 is too much doubling up. There is. Um... And I don't, I don't like the fact that you can pay premiership money one night to go and see riders and then a few days later pay, pay championship money and you go and see the same riders in different colours. But, um, you know, th- there are ways where things can happen. And I do take on board those people who I fully respect that, that say that, you know, we have to try something, we've got to try something different. Yeah, by all means, try something different. But I just don't think the sport at this moment in time is in a position to gamble financially. I've, I've written in programme columns up and down the country. For me, the priority for the sport in Britain this year has to be getting through to October the 31st with as many clubs intact as possible. And then let's see where we are for the start of next season. It's all about recovery from the pandemic, this. You know, it's not, I, I don't think it's the time to actually be gambling big finances, big financial numbers on trying to do something different without any guarantees of success. I mean, hey, fair play to the cricket. They've done the 100, haven't they? And I look at the new audience, go, new audiences going in there. But they've invested millions in that. Our sport hasn't got millions to invest. We are literally trying to get through to the end of this year and then take another look and see where we go from here. In my opinion, yeah, that is the thing, and people are comparing, you know, the hundred and how cricket's reinvented itself, and and saying, well, Speedway should be doing something like this. I don't think people realise just the sheer amount of cash that goes into to not just coming up with that idea and running it, and prom- but promoting it, advertising it, the, the TV deals that go with it are just on a, an absolute different universe than yes. than what Speedway's at at the moment unfortunately and you're talking of tens or hundreds of millions of pounds and yes if Speedway had that then you could do that but you know we're, we're not in that situation unfortunately so it's hard to compare Speedway with football and even with darts you know darts is a yeah. is a different situation as well so don't start me, don't start me on that Ian yeah. you know it is so much easier to promote Indoor sports with no risk of of bad weather, no risk of postponement, nice warm indoor venue with loud sound systems like concert venues, uh, darts walk-ons. Yeah, it's been brilliant what has happened with darts and Barry Hearn, Sky Sports, Sid Waddell. They all deserve fantastic credit for what has been achieved in one of my favourite sports. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Mm. But I would argue it is easier to do that with an indoor sport than it is outdoors on a cold, windy night at Peterborough in October, just as an example. It's not as easy. Even expensive sound systems and flares, they cost thousands of pounds. If you want to hire a DJ from a local radio station, you know, from Capital or or one of the big radio stations, you know, to come in, or or, or a a well-known DJ who has millions of followers on Insta to come and play some tunes in the interval and in between races. You're talking thousands of pounds, aren't you, Ian? Well, I mean, uh, it's never happened to me, but... Uh... <laughs> well, well I, no, I said a good DJ. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, that's what I'm saying. 
<laughs> you could uh, you could get me for uh, for considerably less, but um, but but yeah 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 I know what you mean. It, it, certainly, well you know if you're going to get David Getter, you wouldn't get any change out of a quarter of a million quid, um, for example. Right. But um, but yeah, it is it is an expense, and and certainly you would be looking at you know quite a chunk on the on the gate receipts. Yeah, and 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 as and as Nigel said there, you know, Speedway is not without its faults. What but what is without its faults? Nothing is entirely perfect but you know we need to be excited about it we are excited about it speedway is a fantastic support we all want to see it continue get your friends to go down you know get excited and when you see them next time say oh do you know you should come down the speedway i did it with a friend of mine last week i didn't even realize he was a you know a big bike fan and it turned out he was until i started the conversation and now he wants to go to the speedway and he's going to get the full red car experience at some point and he's looking forward to it never been before in his life and he's you know nearly in his 40s and it's you know i think this is the thing i think we all maybe expect everybody to know what speedway is and if they don't understand what speedway is they're not going to be interested by now but i think you know take people along and see what happens you just never know and 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 that is something that's in all of our control we can make that happen yeah, well, what I'm doing, what what I'm doing this Monday, you know, I'm, I've got a group of, I'm, I'm a member of the local cricket club where we live in our village, and um, got a lot of friends there who have got kids a similar age to mine, and uh, we had a chat on Sunday over a couple of beers, as you do, while we're watching a bit of cricket, and um, I'm trying to get a group of maybe eight to ten people together to go to Wolverhampton on Monday against Bellevue, um, and and um, all first time Speedway goers, parents and kids. Um, I've already spoken to Chris Van Stratton about it. And if I can get a party of eight or 10 or 12 adults and children to go along that have only ever seen it on TV, then, you know, I think that, that, that'd be nice. And I, I think other people should try and do that. Tell your friends, tell them to come along. And by the way, I am paying for this party. I'm not, it's not a freebie. So before people say, oh, that's all right, Pearson, but you'll get them in for now. No, I won't. I'll, you know, I'll make sure that, um, that the payment is made. So, yeah, um, tell your friends and uh, some terrific meetings like the British final, two great matches last night. You know, the temp- championship I've mentioned, five teams on 31 points, some great stuff. I-, I do have my views on how we can maybe make the championship and the premiership more different to each other. Um, but, you know, and, and as I say, although we're on a- an official British Speedway podcast here, I don't want to pretend that uh, there are no problems for the sport and there are no challenges for the sport. We know there are. We know it's difficult. um, But let's get through to the end of October and let's have another look. That's what I say. Well, there's plenty of opportunity to check out some speedway. As we mentioned, uh, uh, this is summer this next couple of weeks. The weather, uh, largely, it seems, is forecast to be great everywhere, pretty much. Um, Fixtures on the way then. Wednesday night, Birmingham versus Plymouth and um, Poole versus Newcastle in the Championship. Thursday, Premiership action. Kingsland versus Wolverhampton and Sheffield versus Ipswich. And on Friday, a top-of-the-table clash between Edinburgh and Poole, Redcart versus Scunthorpe and Glasgow versus Berwick. Those are the Friday night fixtures. And then on Saturday, it's uh, Berwick versus East 
Eastbourne, Leicester versus Plymouth, and Berwick versus Eastbourne in the NDL after the uh, the championship fixture. And then on uh, Sunday, we've got Poole versus Birmingham and Redcar versus Berwick in the championship. And uh, we've got that double header on Bank Holiday Monday. It's Bellevue versus Wolverhampton in the Premiership at 12 o'clock and the return leg, Wolves versus Bellevue at Monmore in the Premiership at 8 o'clock. And that fixture is going to be live on Eurosport. Yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, I presume because of that weather forecast you've just given us, Ian, then... Then I'll be all right to continue wearing shorts in the commentary box while I get the legs out. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, as long as it doesn't offend Kelvin. Uh, well, but, you know. You should see his legs. Anyway, last time you saw legs like his, they were on a snooker table. <laughs> Well, that could be, uh, you know, that could be the a bonus feature for for subscribers to Eurosports. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you know the old saying: "Sun's out, legs out." Well, let's hope that that's the case, mate. <laughs> good stuff. Well, let's uh, let's hope it holds. It does look like it's going to be a good week, and uh, we can get some great meetings in, have a nice bank holiday, Brilliant. and uh, look yeah. forward to um, September weekly speedway and twice weekly speedway from the end of September to the end of the season. It's got to be a good thing. Yeah, really looking forward to it, Ian. And um, thanks for having me on. Keep up the great work with the podcast as well. You know, I'm I'm proud to be associated with this podcast. I think it's been a, a real plus for British Speedway and doesn't get enough credit for, for it. Um, so, yeah, thanks for having us on. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed listening. Look forward to speaking to you on, on the Eurosport uh, programme next Monday. And then you say like twice weekly from early October. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, look forward to, to some great meetings coming up. Cheers, Nigel, for joining us, and um, thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your week in Speedway, wherever it takes you. Of course, you can keep up to date with all the fixtures, all the results, and anything else that happens online, speedwaygb.co.uk. You can even listen to this podcast there, daily news updates. Um, And, of course, um, you can keep up to date with um, what's happening in Speedway on social media as well, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you're following us on all of those for little uh, updates of video and interviews as and when they come in. We'll be back with you you next week next tuesday another episode rounding up the action from across the bank holiday weekend and of course looking ahead to how things are shaping up as we head towards the crunch time of the playoffs no breaks no fear is a nigel pearson media production for british speedway see you next week no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast this podcast is part of the sport social podcast network Podcast Network.